for anyone that's listening or anyone that's like looking to start something new, slow and steady wins the race. It's better to be consistent than do a fast sprint, stop, recharge, and then do another fast sprint. Welcome to Athletes Doing Good Podcast, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. I'm Shelly Seward, president of Capture Sports Marketing. And I'm sports reporter, Jen Latta. Amobi was raised to understand the importance of education, hard work, and dedication. He is more than a professional soccer player. He's a podcast host, entrepreneur, foundation owner, and amateur food and movie critic. Amobi shares with us why he values his education, his reason behind starting his OK You Go Foundation, and his favorite binge-worthy movies and shows. Amobi is another athlete doing good. To join in Athletes Doing Good, text ADG2020 to 76278 and donate today. The Athletes Podcast, with the most downloads each month, will receive the money raised for his or her charity. Perfect. Thanks for having me. I'm Amobi Okugo, first-generation Nigerian-American, the oldest of four siblings, born and raised in California, grew up playing soccer and basketball until soccer kind of took over. And then from there, I had the fortunate pleasure of, you know, traveling all over the world, playing at a high level at a very young age, which ultimately led me to UCLA. From there, I went pro after my freshman year. Originally got drafted in 2010 in the first round to Philadelphia Union. Bounced around after five years at Philadelphia, signed a new contract with Orlando, traded to Kansas City, picked up by Portland. And then in that last two years, I've been playing with Austin in the second division. So um, outside of that, um, you know, I do a couple of cool things. Outside uh, of that. <laughs> <sorry, sorry. laughs> My bad. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> I run a frugal athlete. It's an online financial media platform that promotes prudent financial practices and smart career decisions amongst professional athletes and student athletes. I run a foundation, the OK You Go Foundation, and then do a couple media things, you know, with some some other people, my brother and myself. We have a movie, TV, film podcast. We do pass the remote. I have another podcast or show rather, Two Cents FC which is a break off of Two Cents Sports with a couple of buddies of mine. And, um, yeah, always looking to partner and collaborate, always looking to build things, um, really like to connect and really like to stay busy. So, Wow. It sounds like you don't sit still very often. I can't. It's like, I, it's just got to do something. So that's what it's all about. You said you played basketball and soccer and then eventually chose soccer as your primary sport. Do you remember at what point in your life you made that decision? Because today it feels like there are so much talk about being a dual sport athlete and being flexible enough to play multiple sports. I'm curious to your insight on that. Uh, That's a great point. And I feel like I could go on this topic forever. I feel like until you have to choose, you should play as many sports as possible. Obviously, you know, big kudos to parents that are, you know, sacrificing, you know, their free time to take their kids to, you know, the many practices and games and traveling and all that and the, the fees that are associated with it. But even if it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to play at a high level, maybe you can play high level soccer and then like recreational basketball, high level baseball, recreational football. I'm a big proponent of it. I feel like it helps develop you in the sport that you want to pursue long-term, learning different tricks of the trade from other sports, giving your body a different type of workout. For me personally, 
I had to choose by force almost. It was going to, it was getting to a point where soccer literally was like taking over and I was missing basketball. So that was like, I didn't want to choose it. Uh, I love soccer and basketball equally, but my sophomore year of high school, when I got invited to the residency program, it was basically boarding school for soccer. So I still play pickup basketball from time to time. Everyone still has hoop dreams, but it's uh, <laughs> oh, a good shot. <laughs> yeah. If I was like six, four, I might have, you know, try to make a little transition over. But now nah, I'm not that tall and I'm not that good. So <laughs> that's funny. And reading up about you, one of the things that I was very impressed with is the focus on education. I loved reading about when you decided to go pro after your first year with UCLA, that promise that you made to your parents. <laughs> and you kept yeah. it, which I love. Uh, so- I had to. I had to. Yeah. Was, tell me a little bit about, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it was instilled with your parents, but then, you know, even after you fulfilling, you know, your promise to them of getting your degree with college, you've gone on further with education. So talk to me a little bit about that. No, thank you. So, you know, being a first generation and I'm the oldest with Nigerian parents, they, they're very big on education. You probably know a couple Nigerian kids that, or families where it's like, they always talk about school. They always talk about, uh, yeah. So my parents were like that. When I first started playing sports, it was essentially to make sure that I'm focused in school and I couldn't play sports if I wasn't, you know, doing well in school. So when I went to UCLA, it wasn't like I was expecting or planning to go pro after my freshman year. Things just sort of happened. But my mom was like, nah, we know this, not, nope. My, my kid's not going to be a dropout. I was like, no, he's not a dropout. He's going pro. Um, so I promised, I was like, no, I'm going to finish school. And fortunately for me and the contract that I signed, I was part of the Generation Adidas, you know, enticing younger students to go pro early, similar yeah. to like how NBA players can go after one year. So they had a agreement where I would get um, reimbursed for school up to a certain amount of years. So after my freshman, uh, so after I left my freshman year and went pro, the MLS at the at the time they had a really great partnership with Athlife. So I connected with Athlife, their founder John Harris, someone that I still remain very close to to this day. He kind of broke it down for me. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get my bachelor's degree through UCLA because I left early. But I went through the junior college route and then ended up going uh, to University of Louisville. Everything online. So what all these kids are going through right now, I was kind of a forefront in that. Um, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Slow and steady process. So two classes, two to three classes per semester, fall, spring, summer. It took me a long time, six to seven years, but eventually got it. And then, you know, what you talked about, I finished, but I still had a lot of reimbursement left. And, you know, I'm always looking to learn. I think it was just instilled in me from my parents. And it helped me stay focused on the field, you know, to go back home after practice or after a game and not, you know, just watch Netflix all day or play video games. This gave me something to do. Exercise your body, then exercise your mind. So I was able to do my master's program, a couple of executive education programs, a couple certification programs. Basically, I used up all the reimbursement I had left. And I've been able to connect with so many different people and learn so many different things because of that. Yeah, you can tell you're involved in a lot. And it seems like you have an entrepreneurial spirit. Have you always had that? Or has it been your passion to learn about it? I think it's just been my passion to learn. I mean, 
every entrepreneur has that story. Like they used to sell things in like elementary school. And I didn't even realize I had my own story until I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I did used to sell like chicken wings. Chicken wings. Uh, yeah. So I was, um, I like to eat. So they like, I just like to eat. So I stopped getting like cafeteria lunch at school and my mom would pack, pack these lunches for me. So I started telling her to give me extra chicken wings and I would sell extras. extras at school until i got in trouble because one of the parents of my students was like mrs akugo where do you how do you make these chicken wings that your son is selling yeah (laughs) so my mom was like i get them at costco and she came to me it was like you're selling chicken wings at school so that ruined my business. <laughs> that ruined your business. That is awesome. So seeing that you're a foodie, what's what's on the top of your list? Oh, how much how much time you got? Because I can go <laughs> over. Um gotta go with the Nigerian staple, jello rice, plantain, and chicken. Um, that's like my big go-to. Other than that, I really like I like all types of food. I'll try anything once, but if I had to choose jello rice all the way plantain chicken that's yeah i can eat that for every day every every day no problem gonna have to talk to your mom i've never had that oh what oh yeah we gotta hook it up yeah next time post covid everything we're getting mom on we're getting mom on okay as a self-proclaimed binge movie critic what is the best and worst movie you've seen oh best i'm big i hope this doesn't get me in trouble but i'm big on like mafia mob movies Okay. I, I don't know why. Just I love those type of movies. Um, so Godfather is, okay. yeah, Godfather one and two, and then I'll keep it like, I'll keep it like, uh, for general public, Lion King, Love and Basketball, and then Boys in the Hood. So those five, those five movies. I was like, that's your nice. start. Okay. What about TV shows? What TV show is a must watch right now? Right now, specifically. Yeah, all time the wire and the sopranos those two one a one b depending on what's your family those both are top brand um but right now that are currently on tv i would say snowfall sorry these are all like intense intense shows um (laughs) more casual what's what's a netflix series that i just really recently watched um I'm going to have to get back to you on that. That's all right. We always like to hear what what rankings are out there with everybody. Oh, but Soul Soul just came out. It's animation, but it's not on Netflix. Disney, I think it's on Disney. Did Um, you see it? Yeah, I watched it. Coming up, Amobi will share when he made the decision to start the OK You Go Foundation. But before he does, I want to tell you a little bit about today's episode sponsor, Robert Hack Diamonds. For more than 72 years, Robert Hack Diamonds has been Wisconsin's most trusted and respected name, known for diamond engagement rings, wedding rings, and custom jewelry. With a commitment to customer service, Robert Hack Diamonds applies the highest level of professionalism and expertise while guiding you in your search for an expertly crafted, stunningly beautiful diamond. For store locations or to shop online, visit roberthackdiamonds.com. So let's talk about your foundation. When did you decide to start it? How did that come about? Oh, so 
long story short, playing for, you know, soccer teams, uh, playing professionally, you know, they do a great job of working in the community. So I've always been active, volunteering my time, but I always wanted to do something more, like more hands-on. So that's kind of when I started a foundation. And before I even go in the further, shout out to everyone and anyone that works in the nonprofit space, because I had no idea it was that hard to like maintain, to grow, to uphold the operations, the admin work, because literally I was just wanted to like try to help people. And I thought that's, you know, I want to help people, but that's not what it is. Like it's more than that. You have to have like curriculums. If you want to raise money and get sponsors and partners, you have to have a plan. So um, thank you for you guys, you know, all your help. And, you know, there's other organizations around um, that are so helpful, but I wanted to do an extension and like, kind of like selfishly, my last name is Okugo. So if you break it down, okay, you go. It was just like meant to be. So I had to do something. Um, so Let's, that's kind of how it started. Who are you impacting? Is there a moment that stands out to you from the foundation that's been impactful for you? So many athletes, it seems like want to do good, but they're all a little different in the path that they choose, but they go into it wanting to do good and they take away from it that they are being impacted more than they ever thought that they could be. No, you're exactly right. So I'll, I'll tell one story. Our first clinic that we ever did, that was like a, a milestone because it was finally like, wow, we finally did something. But most recently, partnered with the organization called Pro Chatleets, and we do every other Friday, I do weekly mentorship with the at-risk program. So right now, currently, I'm doing a, a mentorship program with a school in the Miami, uh, Florida uh, region. And it's an at-risk program. A lot of the children and students have, you know, have had tougher upbringings and they are, they are just so amazing. It, I can't even like put into words, like so one of the students, like he's taking care of his siblings. He's like really mature. I'm like, wait, are you six, You're 15? You're 16? I'm like, how is this possible? You're more mature than my, my, my immediate brother, who's uh, two years younger than me. So I'm like, for these people to like have lived the lives that they let lived and still, you know, are so mature or so uh, respectful. If you gain their trust, uh, got to gain their trust. Um, it's been really amazing. And I remember after like the third session, one of the kids, um, he has some trouble with attendance issues, but he, had, this was his first session. And he had, at the end of it, he had said like, Yo, do we always have this class? Yo, I like this class. Moby, you're cool. I was like, and then one of the teachers was like, yeah, if you show up to class, <laughs> I just started cracking up. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to show up to class now because I didn't know you guys talk about this. And like that, like that really meant a lot. Like a mentor of mine always said, you learn more when you teach and being able to like, not even teach, but just to listen to them and just talk. I've been able to learn a lot about myself, but also like just appreciate and understand what some students and children have to go through it's more motivating for me to give back and like always looking for ways to do more activations whether it's clinics whether it's workshops uh, more importantly you know mentorship um, as you know as we started doing uh, most recently it's that connection you know like those those kids feel the connection um you know to you and feel that you understand them. And like you said, it's that trust factor and they're willing to have the conversations. They're willing to show up. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like after like 
let me say like the third week, I think that was like when I got the breakthrough, I was talking to the guy and I was like, uh, after the first week, I was like, uh, I'm not sure. But like the third week, just being consistent in their lives. And like you said, that connection, like they're more open now. Like I don't have to like pry them to talk or tell them to tell a story. And like some of them are even like just more than willing to be open about their lives. Once they get you, once they understand that you're not just going to leave them, you're going to be there and you're going to like listen to them and not just tell them what to do. You're, you're exactly right. It's all about the connection. Yeah, that's amazing. Talking about education again, kind of circling back, one of the things um, that you said that it might have taken a long time, but you stuck with it. And I think that there's so many people, whether they're currently working and they've always wanted an additional degree or bachelor's degree or or more, um, what, what was it, you know, of that kind of persistence of like, slow is okay. And as long as you're steady and you keep moving towards it, um, I think so much in our society right now is kind of like a now, 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 now. Um, but you know, I think that, um, I was having this conversation with one, my oldest son. I was like, it doesn't all have to happen now. Um, you have to experience some things. You have to learn some things. Um, but you, that doesn't mean you give up. You just continue to can move towards your end goal. It doesn't have to all be like now. <laughs> I mean, you hit the nail on the head, you know, especially now it's even like the content we consume. It's like quick, quick, quick bite size, you know, get, get, got to get it now. And then we see these uh, people that like are very successful, but we don't see the years it took. So, you know, for anyone that's listening or anyone that's like looking to start something new, slow and steady wins the race. It's better to be consistent than do a fast sprint, stop, recharge, and then do another fast sprint. If you just steady over time, over time, um, those hours, those consistent hours, they compound, they compound. And before you know it, you won't even remember when you first started because you're like that close to the finish line or already past the finish line working on the next thing. So uh, for me, I even have to take that, that advice sometimes. And I have to remind us like, oh, this class is a year before you know it. Like, I feel like even like if we look at last year, 2020 was like the longest and fastest year at the same time. Like time- the month of March was like four years. and then next thing you know it's like december right no without a doubt something else that you said earlier today stuck with me during our conversation so many times people truly don't understand the hard work that goes into these things behind the scenes whether it's a nonprofit or a professional athletic career being an entrepreneur etc i think it's important that kids and people really understand this stuff just doesn't magically happen yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's, there's moments where you go through periods where it's like, oh, I got to wake up early and train. But the minute you don't, that's when someone comes in and, you know, takes your spot, you know, whether it's sports and business. Obviously, for me, sports has been a great translation for other aspects of my life. Applying things that I've learned in sport, you know, just, you know, staying consistent, working hard, making sure, you know, you finish your reps, not never trying to go through the motions. That that that's those are principles that I've applied to my everyday life, you know, whether it's school, whether it's education, whether it's business, and even my foundation, you know, because like we talked about earlier, um, you don't want to have a connection where you you meet within one month and then you skip a couple months and then you come back. Like you're not going to build relationships that way. You're not going to be able to impact how you want to impact if you're not consistent, if you're not thorough. And at the end of the day, have good character because people want to associate with people that they trust, that are have good character and that are consistent. 
you know, if we if we schedule this podcast at 12 and I cancel at 11.55, I mess up your day. Not even under like being selfish, like, yeah, I got to do these things, but I mess up your plans. And then next time, if, you know, someone, if you have a recommendation for someone that, you know, would be like, oh, you should get a Moby on this podcast. You'd be like, it's, would you rather get the person that is consistent and it's like timely or like nice or the one that may cancel? So all these things add up. And these are all things that I've learned from sport. Um, and I'm sure you've taught your kids these principles, they all translate. So for me, that's what it's all about working hard. And like we talked about earlier, you may not see the results tomorrow. You may not see them next month. You may not see them a year from now, but they're going to show and you're going to realize when they do, it's like, oh, wow, that, that those 6 a.m. workouts really helps. Like I'm actually faster than I thought I was like, or, you know, it, it all adds up. So what are you seeing with um, just the growth, the sheer growth of soccer in the U.S.? It's amazing. I think it's it's just scratching the surface of its potential as, you know, as soccer gets more prevalent and more exposure on media, more kids will be able to stay in the sport at an older age because everyone plays youth soccer. It's a great way for, you know, kids to just run around and enjoy and stay active. But as we've gotten older and as it's more embedded in our culture and, you know, now we see teams, MLS, USL, NISA, all these other leagues being in the communities and having an active presence, it's, it's only going to grow. We have the 2026 World Cup coming up. It's going to be here right before you know it. Um, we got the Olympics as well. Um, it's, 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 there's so much potential in it. And I highly recommend for the kids to stay because there's going to be a lot of opportunities, not, not only just from a playing standpoint, but as you know, there's other stakeholders involved when it comes to sports businesses. Yeah. I have loved watching, um, you know, watching the growth of soccer. When I was younger, it wasn't a prevalent sport and I wasn't really exposed to it all that much and had two of my older nieces that played and played collegiately. And that's kind of where both my boys were like, oh, you know, that's where we spent all of our time was watching them and got them involved. But just seeing, you know, I spent some time at a professional indoor soccer team working there and but seeing seeing the growth and seeing the support both on the men and the women's side of things has been um, really fascinating for me to watch. And I'm, I'm super excited for what the future holds for soccer in the U.S. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. It's only going to grow. Sometimes I'm jealous. I'm like, oh, I wish I was a kid growing up right now. <laughs> I'm not a coach they get. These kids are spoiled. But, you know, that's, 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 how, it, that's how it goes. And um, it's a blessing. It is. Well, I certainly appreciate your time. Congratulations on all of your success on and off the field. Thank you for the impact you're making um, with all of these kids' lives. And tell mom and dad, I say, well done. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Athletes Doing Good, sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds. Go to CaptureSportsMarketing.com to listen to our other interviews and to hear stories about the person behind the player and the people behind the team who are making an impact on others. To join athletes in doing good, text ADG2020 to 76278 and donate today. The Athletes Podcast with the most downloads each month will receive the money raised for his or her charity.